0: to another edition of canton bound the nfl half of the campus to canton podcast here as always i'm colin and this is austin and austin is back maybe hopefully maybe it's more than just one episode uh don't don't press your luck don't press okay. your luck, Colin. okay well i did include some uh some class of 2023 talk in this episode with in hopes of enticing you to uh actually show up for this one looks like it worked you dangled it out there like bait I went for it uh
1: I did not listen to last week's Cantondown episode as we talked about <gasps> earlier shocked, on chef's life um but I hear that you and matt just made fun of me the whole time that's what Matt told me he spilled the beans
0: yeah uh, yeah it doesn't surprise me that he, he yeah. told you he, yeah I think um, he felt guilty you yeah, obviously we, don't no not in the slightest yeah we took a couple shots at you um you know but I knew you wouldn't listen so I thought Matt wasn't gonna narc on me here, but um, apparently I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, he he blew that one. Yeah, you know, you you think you know a guy. Last time he's ever invited on this show, I bet. Well, I can't complain too much because he uh, he fills in last minute for me sometimes. Um, Well, for you, uh, last minute sometimes. So I can't uh, I I can't complain too much. Otherwise, I thought I was. I thought I was gonna have to do this show solo here
1: today. So this is uh this is better than the alternative i think that's why uh uh, i'm i'm not uh upset about it although do i sound stuffy like bad no no you sound right i I have a little bit of a cold no one can see this but we're recording this in the middle of the day i did not shower this morning i got up (laughs) literally two minutes before i was supposed to log on to work um so we're we're really lazy bumming it up here
0: oh that's that's pretty much me every day i'm working from home wake up two minutes before i need to start work I don't shower till like midday. So here's
1: my problem with that. You can see my hair right now, Colin. Mm-hmm. My hair is extremely thick and extremely mm. curly. If I like when I go to bed and I wake up, it's like an afro in the morning. Like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. My wife and I have like many, many jokes about just what my hair looks like. So if I don't get up and shower in the morning, I can't shower before bed. I have to shower in the morning or uh, else my hair is just everywhere. So
0: here we Gotcha. Are. Well, yeah, that's fair. I also don't typically have very many meetings, especially in the mornings. So that allows me to do that. But we'll uh, we'll get into this episode here. Um, got some news. Like I said, we'll talk a little 2023 class and then we'll um, preview week four here. But before we get into it, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that Recap the Week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for some additional NFL or CFF content, um, Fantasy Points is a great resource. If you do sign up over there, use promo code CAMPUS22 for 10% off of a membership. Um, Got some quick hitters here for the news Uh, Jameis Winston missed the second straight practice. Uh, It sounds like Andy Dalton is in line to start if he can't go, which he is looking doubtful. Uh, Mac Jones is out this week. The Patriots are predictably quiet on how long he's going to be out. That was a pretty gruesome looking ankle injury. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, We'll have to follow on for more news here, but it's going to be Brian Hoyer uh, moving forward this week. Dak supposedly could return this week. But he has not begun throwing as of yesterday. I wouldn't count on him this week. Sounds like maybe next week against the Rams is more likely. Um, this was just an interesting little nugget that I found. Clay Matthews officially retires. Uh, he has not played since 2019. You went um, deep for stuff this week, Colin. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> he has not played since 2019, but was not officially retired. Until it's actually now. crazy
1: that he hasn't played since 2019. It feels like he's played more recently than that. But it does. Time, time you know, just flies by 2019 three three seasons ago three
0: years ago so what do you think he was staying
1: in shape hoping that he would come back
0: that's a great question i have no idea Uh, maybe he just forgot that he hadn't officially retired and then was like somebody was like hey you know you 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 didn't retire yet and he's like oh i should probably do that if i want to have a shot at the hall of fame or anything
1: interesting yeah i mean like he didn't get the hint after year one, and he was trying to come back. I don't think I don't <laughs> think year two and year three would have changed that too much. But
0: um, two last news nuggets here, both Lions related. Amon Ra St. Brown is not expected to miss time after an ankle injury, but it is still something to monitor here this week. Uh, and then DeAndre Swift is going to miss time. He is week to week with a shoulder injury. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be the lead back in his stead. Um, two other news nuggets here. Um, we'll have a little bit more of a discussion on Devontae Adams is reportedly frustrated after the Raiders 0 and 3 start to the year. Uh, is the grass greener here in Las Vegas, or does Devontae Adams have uh, is he missing his uh, his old buddy Aaron Rodgers?
1: This is one of the most like the epically stupid things of all time. But I also understand from like a football perspective, like football legacy, like Devontae Adams legitimately probably, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 38. He's not going to play seven more years with him, but a couple more years with him. I think Devontae Adams would have a legitimate chance at the Hall of Fame if he had a couple more years with a Hall of Fame level quarterback. I get that he wanted to go back closer to home, that he wanted to. He's good friends with Derek Carr. So I can't fault him and no one wants to live in green bay that was the third point sorry i forgot <laughs> so i get all of those things and i think there's a lot of value in those things And i'm never going to knock somebody for wanting those things but at least from what the story goes green bay offered him similar if not more money to stay there so he gave up kind of some of these things for you know quote unquote you know, better a better life it's hard to say that about <laughs> a guy making millions of dollars every year but so I, from a football perspective, really dumb from like living his life perspective, good for him.
0: But this was like, not something that we could not foresee happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely predictable here. I mean, I still think Devonte Adams, one of the top wide receivers in the league. I think he's going to be fine for fantasy. He's not going to be the, you know, high end wide receiver one every week type of a guy like he was in green Bay. Still, probably a wide receiver. One, I think they'll get it sorted out a little bit. You know, new coaching staff. Um, you know, they, they had some tough games here to open the season. Um, so you know, we'll see if they can get the ship right at least a little bit here. You know, odds that they make the playoffs very low. So he might, uh, he might have some time in December here now, finally, or in January.
1: Who's their head coach right now?
0: It's um, Daniel uh, McDaniels. Yeah. Did you see the Twitter thread
1: that? Former uh, Broncos offensive lineman was it Mark Columbus? I believe was his name. Who's an offensive lineman? He was on the Super Sounds Bowl familiar. winning team. Um, about all the things that they hated about him as a head coach. No, I did not. Felt that. very fitting. Okay, I gotta, I gotta pull this up <laughs> real quick. That's um, uh, that's interesting. So it was basically like six little points, and then he said he'll he'll release more stories later. He said in honor of Raiders Week, I present a thread about my favorite Hurricane Josh McDaniel stories. After trading away the young nucleus of our offense, including Jay Cutler, Josh said to the entire team, quote, fellas, don't worry about the quarterback situation. I can turn a high school QB into an all-pro, end quote. After completing training (laughs) camp with fully padded two-a-days as often as was legal, he hyped up a special reward after practice. It ended up being an ice cream truck and a T-shirt that said Iron Man. Every single day began with a 10-minute bad football reel from the day before where he would dog cuss you and your coach for any bad play from practice 24 hours ago. Set the tone for a real positive day in front of the entire team. We had about 25 slogans painted on the walls. God forbid you forget what the slogan was above the door entering the cafeteria. Josh would call (laughs) players out in team meetings and ask what each slogan said, and if you forgot a single word, got an ass chewing. After the season, he had an exit interview with his coach, Coach spent 10 minutes telling him everything I sucked at, but he looked so depressed and miserable that when he was done, I didn't care what he said. I was concerned for him. I said, Coach, are you all right? Coach's response, that's a hard man to work for. Me. So are you coming back? Coach, hell no. Me. You getting fired or leaving? Coach, I don't care, but I'm getting the hell out of here. (laughs) And then he said, these are just scratching the surface. Maybe I will share a few more before the game. So, um. There's also a chance that Josh McDaniels is just really not setting the right tone in the <laughs> locker room. Who's to say, but thought that came out. Let's see. We're recording this at one 14 PM Eastern standard time. That came out at 1156 AM today. So Oof. about an hour and a half ago, that hit that hit the presses. Maybe he should have shared that information before
0: they hired Josh McDaniels, but who, who's to say, who's to say, I mean, you know, let who knows, but that's, uh, that's interesting. Interesting nuggets there. I mean, I wasn't the, biggest fan of the mcdaniels hire i felt like there was a reason that he hadn't been a head coach in so long but i did not know that there was uh that it was that bad in the locker room there
1: maybe he's learned i mean we don't can't say for sure he's still doing any of these things true but generally speaking i find that coaches and people who are like this don't uh might, might have some ego things going on
0: yeah they don't change easily um, yeah. interesting um, the other little short discussion we have here, Zach Wilson expected back this week um, after, you know, an injury early on there. Um, you know, what does jo- Zach Wilson need to show you to make you think he's actually an NFL long term starter here?
1: Yeah, he looked really lost a lot of times last year. Like, I think he still he did this in college. We talked about this all the time. He basically decided pre-snap where he was going to go. And that involves you know, some level of trying to understand what the defense is doing and, and thinking, you know, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going. But he does not really adjust well mid-play. There were a lot of times last year, for instance, he would have a check down that was wide open, and he had already decided that he was going deep. So he didn't really care that running back was hanging out in the flat, wide open, four yards of green space in front of him. So I think just showing improvement on that, like taking what defenses are willing to give him, not necessarily trying to force the ball and really force the ball downfield at every given opportunity. I think if he can rein some of those things in, that will look like a win. If he's, I mean, the Jets are not a good team, but the Jets offense has not generally been terrible with Flacco at the helm. I don't think they would ever, I mean, do you think they would bench Zach, like save Zach Wilson is bad for the next, I don't know, four games. I know they play Pittsburgh this week. I don't know what their schedule looks like after that. Is there a chance that they bench him for Flacco if like he's not doing great? I mean, the team's not going anywhere anyway.
0: Yeah, I think because the team's not going anywhere and this is the first year of that staff. um, You know, I think that this could be a... uh, or no, this isn't the first year of the staff. This is year two, right? This is year two. Yeah, yeah. So on Co came in last year. Yeah, right. So year two of this staff, um, they are the ones who drafted Wilson. So I could see them riding it out and seeing what they have with him. And I don't think Joe Flacco really elevates this team to a point that is going to make a difference. Um, I think they realize this is probably not going anywhere. This wasn't going to be a quick rebuild. But they do have a lot of pieces on that offense. So if Zach Wilson does struggle... I think it's on him at this point. I don't think it's on the rest of that team. Well, we just watched what Joe Flacco did with the same pieces. So
1: at least there's now a frame of reference, generally speaking, and Joe Flacco, who we think of as a, you know, at this stage in his career, a low-end starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, if if you have the highest opinion in the world of Joe Flacco, maybe you think of him as an average NFL starter to this day. So, I mean, we've got got that comparison now. If he can't get anywhere close to that – that's not looking great for him. That's probably the worst thing that could have happened That Flacco. He got hurt to start the year and Flacco comes in and looks
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's probably the, uh, probably the worst situation for him there, but you know, on this wide receiver core here, like we said, you know, they, they looked okay with, with Flacco there, you know, Flacco was able to get the ball to some of these playmakers. Garrett Wilson had some nice games. You know, Elijah Moore was looking okay there. Corey Davis is as a solid piece. He you know, a very good third wide receiver. Um, you know, does Zach Wilson coming in here hurt anybody in this wide receiver core for you, given how they looked with Flacco? Um, or is this more of still a wait and see?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I still like a lot of these guys. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm I'm rushing to start any of them against the Steelers this week anyway. I mean, the Steelers still have a pretty good defense it's not quite as uh strong without uh, TJ there but i don't I, it's not like i'm expecting Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson to both have 100 yards receiving and a touchdown this weekend like i think this is not um the most ideal uh first week uh for him to come in so uh i man you're you have those guys in your team though you you might not have better options
0: yeah you, you really might but uh, this week, like you said, it's a tough week this week. I think the Steelers defense is is good. Uh, I think they're legit. So we'll see uh, how this impacts them moving forward. I don't think you can take too much away from this game this week, especially given that Zach Wilson's first game back. So it's more of a wait and see for me. Um, I'll start to really evaluate it after this week. Um, but that's going to do it here for our short discussions we'll get into the class of 2023 here and we have enough of a sample size at this point that's you know we can shift some opinions a little bit you know some of the wide receivers not living up to the expectation that we were had preseason some of the running backs actually overperforming some value uh, so you know we talked a little bit about this on campus life this week but looking at it from an NFL lens here we'll do a little bit of this or that um, so we'll start up here. Would you rather have Bijan or Jonathan Taylor for your dynasty team? This is okay. a so you put this on here. I actually thought of like
1: I've been thinking about this for a while because I think it's really hard to turn down Jonathan Taylor, who's in a really uh, their months hasn't been great this year, but a pretty good situation there. We know he's the bell cow. We know they like him. We've seen him do it before. He he's been the top. You know, uh, running back in in fantasy, uh, at least one season in his career here. So, but by the time Bijan comes into the NFL, you know, this year, he'll have been in the NFL for three years already. So he's almost completely done with his rookie contract. We get a little scared off by some of these guys once they hit four or five years in the league. I know basically that theory really bubbled up, and people were saying, well, actually, that was just the result of some bad running back classes. Like, if you actually look back, uh, at some of these these bigger names over the years. They've done well until 27, 28, 29. But if I can just delay that clock three more years, and I think Bijan is that level of a player, then I think I would rather have Bijan Robinson, which means at minimum, you're putting him as what? The RB2 in Dynasty as a rookie? Bare minimum. At, at bare minimum. And that might be RB1. So I, I would rather have Bijan, but I get the arguments on the opposite side of that are you going to make those arguments or are you still sticking with Bijan too i think in a pure vacuum um what's i a pure would vacuum colin what's an impure vacuum uh, an imper i
0: don't know that's a good question i don't know
1: <laughs> okay just, just
0: phrasing i don't, we're I don't know we're
1: using words here i wonder we we're, we're just yeah sure. we're
0: just it sounds good to say a pure vacuum no in in a vacuum is that better uh in a vacuum i think i would rather jonathan taylor because we know exactly what he is. Um, we know he has the RB1 in his range of outcomes. Um, and yes, the Colts have struggled a little bit to start the year here. Um, I do think they'll get the ship righted a little bit here. And, you know, hopefully Frank Reich realizes I have this stud running back. I need to use him a little bit more and stops using Naheem Hines because I do think Jonathan Taylor can handle some passing game work as well, but doesn't really seem to want to give him that much of it. But we know what Jonathan Taylor is. We know what that ceiling looks like. We know what that floor looks like. We think we know what Bijan looks like. We think Bijan is going to be one of the best running back prospects to come out in the last you know five, six years or so. You know, Right up there with Zeke and right up there with Barkley, And right up there with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was a very good prospect coming out as well. Um, Very good athletic measurables, good size, good production in college. So I I would probably, as a prospect, have Bijan slightly higher than Taylor, but we already know what Taylor is. So for that reason, I would take Taylor. It's a very reasonable
1: argument, and I can't knock anybody for having it. I don't know. I think sometimes fear of the unknown tends to hold people back from making um, moves like that. Like I have Jonathan Taylor and then two years from now, you're like, man, I could have just pushed the clock back three more years. So I, I get it. I get it. I just, I think I'll, I'll take a little bit of the risk, but get three years essentially of upside.
0: Yeah. I think if I am anything but a contender, you know, if I'm anything but a, a team that I think I'm going to win it this year and probably next year as well, if that's not me, then I would probably rather be John, but, um, yeah, like I said, in a vacuum, give me Taylor. I have a league
1: actually calling that I have Jonathan Taylor in that I'm, de- that I'm not really a contender. I don't think, and I'm actually considering selling him. I've been trying to figure, it's just regular dynasty, I'm
0: trying to figure okay. out what, what I want to get back. From him. It's, it's Interesting. Tough, you know? Interesting. I mean, you can always wait until, uh, you know, the, until you know exactly who has that one oh one. Probably still sell it at that point. I feel like that person, if that's
1: their own pick, they're probably not making that
0: that deal. But uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, other ones who we have here: um, Jameer Gibbs or Austin Eckler. And I picked these e- two. Eckler because... hasn't looked great this year. Mm-hmm.
1: That offense hasn't looked good this year. Uh, give me Gibbs, I think for sure. Yeah, for sure. Easily. For sure, I think that's an, that's an easy one. That's like a Gibbs next.
0: I thought that, I thought he looked
1: better this year. He really hasn't. He's been disappointing on the ground. They haven't been targeting him quite as much.
0: Um, the team is falling apart slowly but surely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I would take Gibbs. Interesting, interesting, and that's even with you know some size concerns with Gibbs as well, and hasn't looked great as a rusher this year. Is he smaller than Eckler?
1: Did I miss that?
0: No, but we know we know what Eckler's role is already on his offense. Be, Gibbs could go to an offense that wants to use him more in a James White esque role, where they pair him with somebody else. If the NFL loved James Cook,
1: I don't know how they wouldn't also love Jameer Gibbs.
0: But we we shall see. That's a fair point. Fair point. Um, The next one here is I I really wanted to find a way to get Travis Etienne on here because first round draft pick injured in his rookie year coming back. You know, he started the year, but he's been really splitting carries here with with James Robinson and James Robinson has gotten more carries the past two weeks. It seems like they want to give James Robinson the ball more, Um, but he was a first round NFL draft pick so travis Etienne versus zach evans who you got
1: man this is a tough question if Etienne hadn't gotten injured i would probably take Etienne. but at this point i think i'll just take the mystery box and, and head home with it and hope that the mystery box doesn't i don't drop the mystery box on the way home <laughs> <laughs> um so give me evans uh, I, I I do think he's a, gonna be a, a good back in the NFL. Um slightly con- I mean slightly concerning that Judkins has looked just as good as him, if not better this year. Maybe Judkins is just that guy. Um, but
0: I'd still prefer Evans, I think. I get what you're saying with it being slightly concerning that Judkins has looked just as good as Evans, but at least Evans also looked good yeah. at TCU. Oh, so, that's a good, That's a good point. So does when- it
1: is it weird to you? like noah does looks at all this stuff um noah hill's at no more parties he did the um the hero rb show in the off season for us and i'm assuming um i guess we have to renegotiate that i don't know um (laughs) that he'll be back next year uh to also do it with us um and he compares running back efficiency basically amongst teammates to kind of determine you know everything like we always say all else being equal what's all else you know the rest of the guys in the team the actual teams you're playing, like um your strength is like a prospect coming out of high school all these different things so he's he's kind of you know normalized for that and evans was good but like so were all the other guys at tcu and now he's been good here but like all the maybe he's just been in two very good situations i think that would also be something actually i should send him a message and just ask him if he's um got any updated numbers through like four games i'll I'll see that's that's on my to-do list for this week i'll see
0: what see if i can get that done i like that i like that idea um but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of Zach Evans versus ETN, I will also take the mystery box of Zach Evans. I think that injury with ETN was tough. I think it kind of derailed him a little bit. And James Robinson is a, is a good back in his own right. Yeah, you know? we didn't so, even
1: mention him. I didn't even mention him.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I, I think that best case scenario is Travis ETN works his way back to full strength and we're still probably seeing a split with him and and James Robinson, you know, maybe it's a little bit more even than it is right now, but I still think that we're looking at a split there for at least another year, maybe even two. Whereas Evans, I think it's pretty safe that Evans is going to be a round two running back. Um, You know, which isn't, it's not a round one guy, but round two is for a running back is, is good, really good nowadays. And there's a good chance he ends up in a better situation. I
1: would be like he feels like the kind of guy like that the the Eagles will take like you know a, a guy that you actually should spend first round picks on in the first um, and I know they have two this year but I think that's a big and then because it's such a deep running back class they they could grab a guy like him in the second I think we would love that kind of a landing spot for him uh, I think there's a bunch of places that he could potentially go and look interesting it's a you know a couple of dud places too um, mm-hmm. but yeah so I, I I like I think at worst you're putting him in a similar situation as etn is where it's kind of a timeshare in the backfield and at that point
0: again you've delayed the clock a couple years for another very talented player yeah um other next last running back when we have here um Blake Coram from Michigan has looked very good uh this year and has handled a lot of the workload there um but still some size concerns versus cam Akers. Uh, a guy who we liked early in his career and then injuries. And he just hasn't looked quite like the same player after that Achilles injury here. Um, who you got between Quorum and Akers? If you had asked me this three weeks ago,
1: I think this would have been slam dunk Acres, just because mm-hmm. I'm not a believer that Quorum you would even like find his way into a role similar to Akers has where at least like he's getting consistent touches on a good offense. Now I'm not so sure. I was very much a a hater on Quorum this offseason. He's a little undersized. You know, is he the athlete everyone says he is? Um, And then he's been really, really good this year. And actually, he was pretty solid last year, too. I I went back and watched a couple of games of him uh, the other day. Um, So I think I would rather have Quorum. My only question is going to be, and again, like it was kind of what I just said at the very beginning of this, like, does Quorum get drafted? You know, in a round that would, you know, suggest that this is going to happen, but that that, could he go into an offense that's a good offense that he's going to get half the touches out of the backfield or close to that? I don't think that's a guarantee, but Akers just looks so not good. I don't want to say bad, but he doesn't look good either.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look like the player that he did early in his career, in his rookie year, and he doesn't look like the player that, you know, we were hoping he was going to be. Achilles injury—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a real thing, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, Darrell Henderson is a quality back in his own right. Um, so he's kind of in a similar situation as Travis Etienne. I would actually take Blake Corum here as well. Um, I've been a a guy that um, ha- I've been a big fan of Corum. Um, I've been—he's one of the guys that I've been saying I think can get day two draft capital. I think his size concerns, while valid, are a little bit overblown. Because he's so short as well, he's short and compact. So he's like 205, uh, I believe, like right around there, but he's also 5'8". So his BMI is actually like, and I'm not a BMI guy, I hate BMI, um, but his BMI is actually not bad. So I think he can be a lead back in a committee. He's listed at 5'8 210
1: this year for Michigan too. Now, whether you actually okay. believe that or not, I know Chris has gone out and like pulled all the data from the past 10 years to find which schools over inflate or, or under report weight. Um, so maybe he has, but I you've got to figure at the worst he's at worst he's at 205, and he might yeah. actually be a couple times more than that, which is not terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, at 5'8 too, like he, it's not like he's five eleven two oh five. Um He's short. He's got a shorter, thicker build there. So, and I think Blake Corum can do it in the passing game as well. I mean, you know, he's looked okay in the passing game at times. He's not quite the weapon that Donovan Edwards is. So when Donovan Edwards gets back, he I do think he's going to cede a lot of those carries and or a lot of those receptions and receiving work to Donovan Edwards. But he's he's solid. He's solid. So yeah, I I like Corum here as well. Um, Moving into the wide receivers. Uh, like I said, you know, at the top of this segment, you know, the wide receivers have kind of been disappointing this year, but one guy who has looked very good uh, is Jordan Addison um, at UC, USC, the transfer from Pitt, Belitnikov winner last year, paired up with a, a very good quarterback in Caleb Williams. He's looked very good um, versus Jerry Judy, a guy that you and I were both very high on coming out, um, got first round draft capital. Uh, got injured a little bit. And then this year he gets Russ Wilson. We think he's, you know, gonna cook, and really has not been the case. Strong week one, subpar last two weeks. Cortland Sutton out targets him. Uh, and that offense as a whole just hasn't looked that great. Who do you got between Jordan Addison, Jerry Judy? Uh, also injured the
1: past few weeks. So, um, worth noting. Although at some point it seems like it's always worth noting that he's banged up in some way. So, um, I'm. I'm going to take Addison here. I know that you know, we're going to get. I'm going to get accused of just always leaning toward the college guy. Um, <laughs> you as, absolutely are, as yeah. us deviant analysts uh, tend to do. <laughs> but I think Addison is a similar level of prospect that Jerry Judy was coming out. They're certainly in the same tier. I, I they're both tier one guys for me. I really like Addison. After his freshman year, he did everything close to the line of scrimmage, and I was like, "Okay, like he looks good with the ball in his hands. Can he win uh, intermediate deep?" And then last year, he really showed like intermediate, like bread and butter. Like I, he was just creating easily easy separation, and now this year he's been winning deep a lot. Like I think he's answered a lot of questions. I think he his frame and size are fine. He might weigh. 175, 180 at the combine. That's not terrible. And he's like the kind of guy that it wouldn't shock me if he shows up and he's like 187 or something. And we're all like, holy crap. Um, Like he strikes me as that guy because he seems like he has some frame that he could still fill out a little bit. But he's a good route runner. I think he's versatile. I think you can line him up anywhere. Although I think he'll probably play maybe like a a Z in the NFL, like a flanker, um, a boundary guy. So I'm going to take him... And see what offense he lands in. I could regret this when he lands in Houston, um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll see where he ends up landing. He would be awesome in a couple of different places. Like I think he'd be great. Well, Justin Fields might not be in Chicago very long, but I, he's the kind of guy that I think <laughs> Justin Fields would really like because he Fields seems to be a little more of a see it throw it guy, and he can definitely create that those kind of windows for him. I think he'd be great in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers if they finally want to spend a first round pick on a, a wide receiver. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams like like I I think he he goes in the first round and I think any of these teams that take him he would automatically slot slot into like a, a at worst like a wide receiver two on a really good offense like if the Falcons for whatever reason took him like he could be the one B to, to to London's one A and that would be a great duo there.
0: Yeah, I actually I'm going to take Jordan Addison here too, and you know. You, If you're going to get accused of taking the uh, the 2023 guy and the, and the college guy, you know, it's, you have to you're come along with too. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, mine is two part here. One, like you said, Jordan Addison has answered any question that you have asked of him. Um, and he, he's one in the intermediate area. He's a very good route runner. So I think as a prospect, he is pretty much on the same level as Jerry Judy for me. Now, I, I don't have a finished grade on Jordan Addison yet because I don't finish those until after they declare um, and, you know, and once we can get some combine numbers here, but I think as a prospect, he's going to be very similar to Jerry Judy. um, If not, maybe even slightly better. And we've seen what Jerry Judy is in the pro here pros here, and he's been banged up and he just hasn't really been able to uh, take that step that we thought he was going to. So give me the mystery box and Jordan Addison.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I think I could see him having a, a 70 to 80 catch season as a rookie. I think I he's, he's that level of player. Like he'll step in and be like wide receiver 26 or something as a rookie. And we're like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, last wide receiver one I got here. Um, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for Tennessee um, versus Gabe Davis. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, you know, everybody's favorite uh, off season hype candidate. I can't be accused
1: of just taking the college guy anymore. Cause I'm going to take Davis here and I'm not even a big Davis guy, but I think it's hard to argue that in the NFL Tillman will end up being a significantly better or more talented player than Gabe Davis. So if you take that off the table, is it possible that Tillman gets in an offense and a situation that is better than the one Gabe Davis is in right now tied to a, a young quarterback um, who's very, very good in an offense that likes to air it out Um and like on a, on a team that's on the up and up. I think it's really hard to find city. like you would Tolman would have to go to Kansas City or something to be in an equivalent situation or you know um uh the with the Chargers or something. Like there's not a lot of and and I, so like you Davis is the wide receiver 2 there. It's a good spot for him. I think that's I don't think he's capable of being a wide receiver 1. But the situation's so good and and it's going to stay consistent here for at least a couple of years that I would rather have Davis, although I think Tillman um, can certainly be a good NFL player in his own
0: right. Yeah, once again, I uh, yeah, I I agree with you there. I think as agreeing with me, Stop (laughs) being so agreeable, Colin, I think as prospects, um, I would probably have taken Tillman over Davis, but the situation Davis is in is very good. Um, He's the number two wide receiver in that offense, clearly behind Stefan Diggs. But that offense is good enough. It's got a young quarterback with Josh Allen. um, And, you know, we know what that situation is going to look like for him. We don't know what it's going to look like for Tillman. I don't see Tillman being a wide receiver one in the NFL. I think he's going to go to the senior bowl. I think he's going to look good. He's going to impress some teams. A team is going to take him. He's probably a day two guy um, at the wide receiver position. But. I question what the ceiling is going to be for him and we know what it is for Davis. We know what Davis looks like. He looked very, very good opening week. Um, so yeah, I, I will take Gabe Davis here as well. Um, with the caveat that maybe if Tillman lands in another place, uh, I could revisit this. What, what places would
1: put him on similar footing? Well, are not that many
0: there. Yeah, you're right. There really aren't that many places that would put him on similar footing. Um, I'd kind of like to see, you know, we'll see what, what happens with DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back um, in, in Arizona. But, you know, if something doesn't work out there, I think he could be a nice complement to a guy like a Hollywood Brown and a Rondale Moore, Greg Dorch. I think he would fit in nicely in that offense. Um, you know, I could see him complementing um, Christian Kirk very well going to Jacksonville. He would still be a number two there but kirk's not a strong wide receiver one um so those are a couple of places that I, I think i'd be interested in seeing him okay uh we're not going to talk quarterbacks because we beat the 2023 quarterback class to death and there's really only two guys um but tight well ends.
1: is calling <laughs>
0: um tight ends uh michael Mayer, really the only guy in the 2023 class that we're like super interested in at this point uh, but he has been very good in college uh, since day one, since he stepped on the field. Um, I don't think I see a day one or I don't think I see a first round, you know, pick from Mayer, but early second round. Absolutely. Uh, where would Michael Mayer rank among tight ends for you today? Uh, I really struggled with a this or that for this one.
1: Uh, I think the litmus test, or the 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 Dalton line, right now for tight ends for fantasy is still. For dynasty rankings, Travis Kelsey, right? Like basically all the guys we have ranked over Kelsey are are just because they're
0: they're younger than him at this point. Yeah, have, have anybody ranked over Kelsey, honestly, That's no, no Pitts still
1: or Andrews. I know those are both pretty popular.
0: They're right there. Um, okay
1: but I just trust Kelsey more. It seems like Kelsey's ends up being like tight end four or five in rankings. Yeah. And depending on where you have Waller, Kittle, and then those two guys, I would still rather have two years or whatever of Travis Kelsey. I know I talked a lot about kind of resetting that clock, but I'm not sure Mare is that level of player and being married to Mahomes is a pretty big deal still. Um, he still looks Kelsey's way a lot. Um, so I think I would put him at like tight end.
0: The question becomes like, would you rather him over Darren Waller? That's kind of where I was struggling with was mayor in the, um, Waller, um, you know, Hawkinson, Friar Muth, like in that group. I think I th- that's where I'd put them. Yeah. I think I would still rather all three of those guys over him, but it's not by a lot.
1: Fair.
0: So, I mean, that's slotting in at what, like, tight end seven-ish?
1: I probably wouldn't put him any lower than that, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's – so, like, as, like, an overall NFL prospect, I think he's better than Pat Frymuth was coming out of Penn State, but as, like, a fantasy option, I'm not quite sure. I like Frymuth a little bit more. So, yeah, I'd put him just below him. That feels fair.
0: Sounds good. Um, All right. That's going to do it for the 2023 talk here. Moving into some week two preview here. Uh, We'll get a start of the week, a sit of the week, a flex play of the week, and then we'll get you out of here. Is that okay? Yes. Get me out of here, please. Somebody help me. Now that we're done with the 2023 talk. um, All right. Start of the week this week um, for, did I say week two preview? Man, this is week four. Um, Week four, start of the week. Who you got?
1: Cooper Rush, baby. They're not booing. They're, They're cooping. cooping. It's Cooper Rush. Um, Pretty good week last week Uh, for Dallas. Get the win in primetime against the Giants. And this week, they get another divisional rival in Washington. Uh, This season so far in three games, Washington has given up the following quarterback performances. Week one, Trevor Lawrence, 24 for 42 for 275 and touchdown. Week two, to Jared Goff, they gave up 20 for 34 for 256 and four. And week three against Jalen Hurts. Uh, well, I think it's 25. I, had, no, I wrote that down wrong. He <laughs> threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Washington's off uh, defense isn't particularly good. Is there a chance that. Oh, I, I don't think Zeke Elliott's dynamic enough anymore that they're going to just pound the ball the whole game. I think they're going to have to pass it a little bit. I think Rush throws for like 260 and three. And I think that's a startable week, especially with some of the, you know, Mac Jones being dinged up. Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> um, you know, all these different issues. So uh, start Cooper Rush this week in your Super Flex leagues. Oof.
0: All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, my start of the week here. Uh, I got Jamal Williams, uh, running back for Detroit. Um, Swift week to week. Swift is is going to be out this week. I'd be very very surprised if he plays. Uh, but even when Swift was out there, Jamal williams was was solid. Um, he's had double digit carries in every game. He was getting the goal line work. He has four touchdowns on the year. he had twenty carries last week. Uh, now Swift did get hurt last week, but um you know, twenty carries last week, two touchdowns looked good. And stay at Seattle this week, Seattle's defense gives up one hundred and fifty seven rush yards per game, Uh, four point nine yards per carry both of those are bottom five numbers on the year um seattle's rush defense is not very good i'm firing up jamal williams this week and uh, you know i think he could even get a little bit of passing game work especially with amon Ra st brown being a little banged up too sure why not um sit of the week um we actually we're we're both in the same game here who you got yeah i'm sitting james robinson um i think the
1: eagles uh, rush defense is, is fairly average, so there's a temptation to want to slot him in there. Um, and I think the Jags have been pretty good this year, but they they're, their big win that they're kind of putting everything on and now is this win against the Chargers last week, um, a, a pretty deflated Chargers roster at this point with a banged-up um, Justin Herbert at the helm. So I think that he gets a little game scripted out of this game. I actually think this might be an ETN-type week where he catches like four, five, six uh, passes Robinson gets like 60 yards on the ground. Maybe you know, he could salvage the day with a touchdown, but this I I, I don't think it's going to be a big day for him. Um, so I'm sitting James Robinson this week. It's a lot harder to do for the NFL, and there's only 32 teams. Like, at some point, you, you <laughs> just kind of got to start a guy, like, yeah, and just say, F it. I hope he falls into the end zone. Like,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And then after you know, we just spent all that time, um, talking about how we're disappointed with ETN could be an ETN week. Um, My sit of the week here is Trevor Lawrence. Um, So same game here. Uh, Philly's allowing the second lowest passer rating against them. Um, They've had a good pass defense, Uh, the sixth lowest pass yards per game. Um, They've really been keeping quarterbacks in check so far this year. Uh, And it's Philly. Versus Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's return to Philly. uh, I think they're going to come out juiced for this one. Um, Not that Philly fans are going to boo Doug Peterson. I think that you know they generally respect him at least because he won them that Super Bowl. Um, They don't.
1: They don't respect anybody.
0: What are you talking about? (laughs) He won them a Super Bowl. There's. I think there's still a soft spot in their heart for Doug. For Dougie P. At least the Philly fans that are capable of love these people. I am no longer in the city of Philly. So this could be a different vibe. Like I'm about an hour and a half outside and the Philly fans out here still like Dougie P, but I think they're still going to come out hot in this one. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been good on the year. He's been QB 10 so far. This is just a tough matchup. Uh, I I don't like starting Lawrence in this one. Fire up Cooper rush instead. I'm I'm not going to go that far, but um, flex play of the week here. Who you got?
1: I like Russell Gage this week. Tampa Bay wide receiver. I was pretty anti-Gage this offseason because it sounded like Godwin was going to be back healthy. They had Evans. They signed Julio. Um, But Julio questionable. We'll see if he goes this week. Uh, Godwin, I would assume, is going to miss out. I don't think they've officially announced anything yet. They announced it pretty late last week that he'd be out. But uh, when when he first got injured, they said it was a a multiple-week thing. Gage got 13 targets last week. And I know that Evans was suspended, so um you know it's probably probably a little artificially inflated there but had a really really good week I think Godwin and Jones will still be out or or very limited if they do go and I think they're going to need to pass the ball quite a bit this week Kansas City coming in uh Kansas City not as high flying in offense as they have been but I still think they're going to need to score a little bit to keep up here um so so yeah I actually like Russell Gage as a flex option this week
0: yeah I like that call um you know, Gage was was my pick last week. I know you didn't listen to the show, but um, yeah, I like Gage. I like him again this week for the same reasons that I liked him last week. Um, slight concern with the weather there in Tampa. They are keeping this game in Tampa, but it sounds like you know maybe the worst of the storm will be over by that point. So we'll see how that goes. But my flex play of the week here, uh, Chris Olave. Uh, he's been, he's been very good for the saints, 13 targets in back-to-back weeks here. He leads the saints in snaps targets and routes run. Um, Michael Thomas does have a toe injury here as well. They haven't said if he's going to be out or not. Um, it sounds like it's probably going to be like a game time decision, but it's just kind of another injury for Thomas, another foot injury. It's on the different foot this time, but still. Uh, And if it is turf toe, turf toe actually is, is pretty limiting. You know, it's, uh, it can be tough to play through that. Now James might miss this week as well, but their backup is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a very serviceable backup. He is, you know, not quite the player that he used to be, but uh in terms of backup quarterbacks, he's one of the better ones in the league. I don't think this offense takes too much of a hit with him at the, um at the helm instead of James. Now James has been targeting Chris Olave deep a lot. Um Dalton can push the ball downfield. He's not afraid to do it, but uh, you know, I, I think Alave might take a small hit with that, but the volume has been there, uh, and, and I like this matchup a lot here. So I'm firing up Alave. Okie dokie. Send me home, Colin. <laughs> Send me home. <laughs> That's gonna do it for Woo! us here. Favorite week. words I hear during the week. Uh, Tune into all the pods that we have on the schedule here. We got something for you every single day. By the time this hits your feed, you're going to be able to check out the Back to Debbie show. Check that one out there. Listen to yesterday's Debbie debate. They had Mark Schofield on to talk about Justin Fields, uh, which was a really, really interesting discussion. So if you have not listened to that yet, highly recommend it. Tune into the YouTube channel, too. Don't forget the YouTube page over there. We got college football mornings coming to you every single morning. We got some of the podcasts over there as video version. If you want to see Austin's Afro, uh, you know, (laughs) you can check that out. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel over there. Throw some likes, drop some comments. Um, But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.